Well, welcome to the Discipleship Challenge. Lent is a 40-day season of preparation before Easter. And this Lent, we are issuing a challenge to everyone. To you, to me. A challenge to respond to Jesus' invitation to discipleship. For those of you who know, let's loudly say St. John's mission. It's to love God, love others, and make disciples. The journey of discipleship begins when you are willing to pray a prayer something like, God, I want to experience you more deeply. Or, Jesus, I will strive to follow your way of love. Or, Holy Spirit, transform me with your love. If you're willing to pray a prayer like that, even with some doubt or fear, say amen. 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 Now, in today's gospel lesson, from our own St. John, chapter 3, easily one of the most obscure passages that no one has ever heard, one of the least well-known sayings of Jesus ever, yes? Oh no, oh that's right, it's actually probably one of the most well-known sayings of Jesus. And if you know this passage by heart, you can say it with me, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, they may have eternal life. In this one verse, shared in a covert conversation with the rabbi Nicodemus, Jesus reveals the fundamental character of God. Love. And so, to dare to be a disciple, to claim the name Christian, of whatever tribe, Catholic, Episcopalian, Baptist, whatever, is to sign up for a lifelong process of character formation. Character formation. Turn to somebody next to you and say, character formation. And so, this happens formally when you are baptized. The process formally begins at baptism, and the process formally concludes at burial. So, if you've been baptized, but you haven't been buried, you are still officially, actively enrolled in the Holy Spirit School of Character Transformation. Uh, how many of you fit those criteria? Okay, if not, you can talk to me later. We'll get you baptized. And if you're buried, you look very good. You look, you look really good. But that's so important, I'm going to toss that out again because it's really important. So if you want to help me rewind, go ahead. If you have been baptized, but you have not been buried, then you are still actively enrolled in the Holy Spirit School of Character Transformation. Deborah and Alan Hirsch, who are partners in marriage and ministry and authors, they say this, quote, The spiritual agenda for discipleship is thus. Jesus is our primary model, teacher, guide, savior, and Lord. He is the standard by which we assess discipleship and spirituality. And we must become little versions of him, little Jesuses. 
So you a little version of Jesus, and you a little version of Jesus, and you and you and you little versions of Jesus. In other words, if you're going to dare to be a disciple, to claim the name Christian, your life should, albeit very imperfectly, bear some family resemblance to Jesus. If that makes sense to you, say Amen. 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 It does make sense. It makes 2,000 years of Christian sense. But we have a problem. We have a bit of a problem. Bit of a problem. Look left. Look right. Look down your nose. True or false statement, you tell me. You and I are just like Jesus. Yeah, false. False. No, we're not like Jesus. We sin. We stumble. We sabotage. But part of the good news of the terms of your enrollment in the Holy Spirit School of Character Transformation is that you were enrolled by grace, you were graded by grace, and you will graduate one day by grace. Grace is the gift of God's mercy. Grace is the gift of God's forgiveness. The gift of a seventh and seventy-seventh chance to start again. If that sounds like good news to you, say amen. amen. It is good news. And so the disciple, the person who's striving to be an intentional Christian, a serious Christian, the disciple, whether they're striving to improve their character, to practice what we call the seven marks of discipleship, to embrace their particular spiritual pathways, or just to deal with the stuff in their present season of life, does so by grace, or they strive to do it by grace. The person with the grace perspective says this, Lord, I cannot become the best version of me without your help. The person with the grace perspective says, God, I messed up here. I need your forgiveness. The person with the grace perspective says, you know, I've done what I can here. I'm putting the rest of the situation in your hands. How many of you have ever prayed a prayer like that before? Lots of hands. How many of you will strive to pray more prayers like that? To be more grace-based in your life? Excellent. Outstanding. And now, for a little joke. And I'll emphasize how little it will be. But a horse, a horse walks into a bar. And the bartender says, Hey, and the horse says, sure. <laughs> hey, horse. That sure was a bad joke, wasn't it? Uh, but speaking of talking horses, do any of you remember this? Wilbur. Who is it? The famous Mr. Ed. Do you know who the famous Mr. Ed is? Oh, good. Just, just because. Because you know, sometimes younger generations are missing the most important things. What kind of horse was Mr. Ed? Well, no, but what kind of horse? You're not horse people, obviously. It's a Palomino. Okay, trotting along now. What is the curriculum of the Holy Spirit School of Transformation? What's the curriculum? If you read all the great spiritual teachers, medieval, modern, you look at the writings across the church, they often come back to this foundational curriculum. It's in Galatians chapter 5. Now, this foundational curriculum is very easy for me to say, but it's a lifelong project for all of us who choose to be disciples. Galatians 5, starting at verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit 
is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So Lent is a period where you and I are supposed to engage in self-reflection. It's a good time for that. So, would you say that you are more loving, or more joyful, or more generous, or more self-controlled than you were, let's say, five years ago? Okay, hopefully we can say yes, but we might not be able to. We not, may not, not be able to. May, are you growing in all those fruits of the Spirit, all those characteristics, all those virtues? Maybe one of them is particularly difficult for you. Maybe you look at one of those and go, I do not do well with that. And so for the rest of Lent, say, I'm going to work on that. Patience, self-control, whatever it is. Through grace, I'm going to work on that. Maybe through additional prayer, through intentionality. But maybe you need some encouragement from a spiritual friend. Or maybe you need to take it up an ante, talk to a counselor, a spiritual director, a pastor. What in your character needs work? What in your character needs work? Let's say that together. What in your character needs work? Uh, there's a lot in my character that needs work. But one of the things, I need to grow in the fruit of the... Self-control. Because I shared at the beginning of this year that I am trying to lose weight, I'm trying to eat more healthy, I'm trying to get in shape, all those kind of things. And I've had some really good weeks so far this year, but then I've had some weeks where I've just not been so good. And this last week in particular, I was not particularly good. And so I'm struggling with that. So by grace, I need to grow in the fruit of self-control. If you want to be brave... If you want to be brave, sometime this week, today, during Lent, ask somebody you trust, make sure they care about you, so they trust, you trust, and they care about you, ask them what you need to work on in your character. Does that sound scary? Can you imagine doing that? You've got to make sure you ask the right person. Don't ask somebody who doesn't care about you, because they could, they could really hurt you. But if you're unwilling to do something like that, you say, no, I'm never going to do something like that. What does that say about your openness to discipleship? To God? To getting better for the people in your life? To getting better for yourself? Imagine you're holding a cup of coffee. Holding a cup of coffee, and you're at coffee hour, and you bump up against somebody. And so you therefore spill your coffee, right? You don't spill pop, you don't spill juice, you don't spill tea, you spill coffee because coffee is what's in your cup. You all remember that commercial, Folgers? Folgers in your cup. I can't say it. You guys should have helped me with that choir. Folgers in your cup. But the whole point of this is that whatever is in your cup tends to spill out. And so in life, you are a cup. You are a vessel. You are a temple. And when life bumps up against us, when life shakes us up or a person annoys us, whatever is inside of us tends to spill out. You can't really always see what's in our cup. 
until you bump up against someone. They can see the outside of us. They don't really see what's inside until that bump, that shake, that stress happens, and then it all comes out. So a question for you and I in this Lent is, what's in my cup? And when life gets tough or a person who annoys you is nearby, what comes spilling out? Is it love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control? Or is it something else? So, take the discipleship challenge this Lent and work with God to fill your cup with the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And no doubt you're going to have to clean your cup out of some other stuff along the way. But by the power of grace, by the power of community, let that transformation happen. Become a better version of yourself, a more Christ-like version. One that bears that family resemblance. Say yes to being a disciple of Jesus. Amen.